don't worry about the chat anymore. Welcome to the Friendly Geordies podcast. How are we feeling, gentlemen? Miss Love? Tired. Jordan also tired? Yeah. Poop save 420. Poopy scoop. Well, I'm, if you're tired. I, I really am. I don't know what it is. I I think you know what it is as well. It's also that we've just been focusing a lot on COVID. And I, I think I figured something out, Ali. I'm really bored by what everyone else is talking about. I think that the second worst piece of conversation after how's the weather is water cooler chat. Mm. <laughs> and then again, yeah. podcast every week. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, yeah, I, yeah. Hey, Mister, at least show your face. Sorry, sorry. I um, I think that it's just been a lot of reality for me, and I'm not one that usually exists on that plane. I usually, I usually spend about ten percent of my life in reality, and now I'm in. Now it's a lot more. So it's kind of like. It's a bummer, man. You know. What do you miss the most? What do you mean? Uh, this new reality of cabin fever. What are you missing the most? I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I like. I. Lo- it's not that I don't like it. I liked it. It's not that I don't like it. I can't figure it out. I think. No, I know what it is. You just absorb yourself in environments, and uh, yeah. you have been absorbing yourself in some Talibani cave. <laughs> team for the last month so it's not the best to use a word you are very familiar with uh miss vibe yeah (laughs) i'm just getting a bit pedantic like like i like i'm caring way too much about my plants i'm like sort of i'm sort of like uh i'm sort of like turning into like the rain man like i'm like you gotta water the plant you just gotta water the plant and like i don't know like just routines like like oh i've got to a lot, a lot, a lot of blazed around plants. Like, gotta put the plant near the window because you just gotta get sun. And it's like, <laughs> uh, did you care about plants before? Yeah, I always had them, but now I'm just kind of like, they're my best friends. Oh, look, a new shoot's coming up. Oh, that means everything's going well. La 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 la. I mean, look, yes, but also you are just saying that the downsides of you being in lockdown is that you are now a responsible plant owner. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Something you should have been doing all along. Yeah, my plant responsibilities, though previous sub were subpar, now that they are up to standard, I am quite depressed about that fact. (laughs) It is a sad place to be in life. You're right. (laughs) There's two things. There's two things that really indicate depression in life is how well you are looking after your plants and secondly, Ali's face. (laughs) Hey, here's another thing I learned recently. What? Apparently, people that take long showers are much more likely to be depressed. Well, Ali, you and me are screwed. Why? Yeah, holy hell, maybe Ali just was born depressed and doesn't know it. Yeah, that's what probably... Yeah, I think he's right. <laughs> I've never, he has longer... Uh, Ali has longer showers than you, miss. And I think <laughs> you are in the Guinness Book of Records. You should, you should try and beat him, Ali. Oh, my God. The 2021 world's greatest shower off. How long do you take your showers for? I remember I used to... Live in this house. I know where, what um, you got in trouble, right? Oh, all the fucking time, because the guy was 
very anal about using a lot of water. And, Look, uh, shout out to my housemates. They've never... Yeah, when you, Ali, when you're saying, no, oh, you're so anal about it, how long were you in the shower? 40 minutes? It's well, like... More than five. I'll say I'll take, I would take showers for 10 to 15 minutes. That's such a lie. That's so, like, you have such a bad, this is the classic cognitive bias that everybody has, like, really underestimating how, what they do with life. Like, I I swear your showers, I I mean, look, how long Miss Lovey goes in the shower angers me not because of like a waste of water in terms of like you're wasting the hot water just because of like the environmental waste of just sitting there with your mouth open but like uh. um, <laughs> but, but but like yeah but like Ali put you put him to shame you, you, you really need to understand this boys like I, I if I if I was if, if I was living in a perfect world this is what I'd do Mm. I'd strip you boys down, I'd love <laughs> you with soap, and then I'd get a garden hose like a dog and spray you and be like, you're done. Go, I, go, w- I, I wouldn't have any uh, direct uh, protest about that. There's something, there's something, there's something, there's something uh, attractive to that utilitarian thing. I've, you know what, I've been in those situations. You don't have to move, miss. That's why you find it attractive. <laughs> like, someone else is soaping me up and hosing me down. Problem. That's my dream. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think that I do need some like, I'm starting to think that like prison would be good for me. You know, maybe we should switch, Jordan. <laughs> I'll get sued. That's the last place you'd want to go. No, I know, I know. But maybe like some sort of like that Simpsons prison where like Mr. Burns or whatever is just like, come on. No, no, we're sorry. Sideshow Bob's like, come on to Williger. We need a fourth thing for the, for the rower thing. <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. Uh, oh, right. So you want to go to a rich man's jail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That one that Pablo Escobar was in. Is that to your likings? <laughs> that's, this love where he just to- paid off the judge and got to stay in his mansion. Is- <laughs> no, 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 that's to my liking. The one that you said. <laughs> That one. Okay. That well, was- I think that could be arranged. As we all know, that's the point of being in jail to have an upgrade <laughs> in your life. Clearly, like, look at this again. I, the wall—it's freaking me out still. Understandably, but I do honestly think that I think that if Ali was in jail, it would be the most productive years of his life. He wouldn't yeah. know this first off. Uh, apart from the occasional toilet getting broken on the back of his head. But other than that, <laughs> well, I'm, it'd be more the same the, I'm more afraid of the soap bar dropping. Yeah, we all are. Um, that would be so nice as well, because I think they do do that in prison, don't they? Or maybe that's a 20s thing where they do just lather you down and then spray you with a hose. No, uh, <laughs> lather you down. Well, I'm trying to think like there are when when Ali, I don't know if you had this in Pakistan, but like I'm sure you did. I don't think this is an Australian thing, but like Jordan, there were times growing up, right, where, you know, it was like, I'm thinking maybe camp, not camp, like camping, some obscure holiday where there's like, you're out in the bush, like no hot water situations, summer, some summer situations where, it, oh, when your house is like being renovated and it's like, shop up, we're hosing you down in the backyard. I don't hate those memories. Me neither. Right? I, don't yeah, I think I think one of my favorite memories of all time was with Luke from our high school. We went to one of his holiday houses. Sorry, yeah. it wasn't that rich. His holiday house. Yeah. And he had an outdoor shower 
that was inexplicably hot. And oh. we're sitting there giggling, putting out our board shorts, yeah. putting the hot water straight onto our nuts. Charming. Try to see how long we could stand it before going out. That was the game. And we're all sitting there chanting, boil the bulls, boil the bulls. Was there any point in your life that wasn't torturing yourself? Like one day, was there one day? Yeah, not a single one. Right. Right, Ali. Every single head, even when Jordan's like on holiday, it's like, yeah, it was mad. I put a swordfish on my dick um, <laughs> in Croatia. It's very sharp, actually. I, I used I used the end of the swordfish's spear, like that thing that they used he to used do. Used it in through the, my pee hole. Yeah, in the twenties to see if you have an STD, just right up there, oh. um, inside the hole. It was oh, nice. That's... It wasn't the best holiday, you know. There was that other one. You know, Pakistan was good, where I had diarrhea. Oh, and Turkmenistan, where I also had diarrhea. <laughs> So many diarrhea memories. <laughs> diarrhea and penis mutilation memories. Uh, well, that's you know what, and Ali is sort of a mix of the two because he just either is, this is Ali's entire life. If you really needed to just fast forward it into five seconds, it's him sitting in his room or getting shot by a gangster. Sitting <laughs> 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 there shot by a gangster. <laughs> Like, dude, basically every tale you have from Pakistan is like, okay, so pretty much we were hucking rocks at poor people. And then this gangster, <laughs> we accidentally threw one at someone whose brother was actually well-connected in the Pakistani mafia. Yes. And then he comes in and says, hey, you motherfuckers. And he shoots like three of my friends. I don't know if they're alive or not anymore. Um, I just ran the fuck out of there. Dude, that's so, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's of his stories. Yeah, it's like, uh, take me back. <laughs> <laughs> my three friends got shot by the mafia guy. But my stories are similar, except that no one has gotten shot as yet. People have come close. So many shootings. <laughs> so many shootings. All of our leads are just, yeah. And then I nearly died this time. And then I nearly died that time. It's like, it's not, it's not boring. <laughs> We should just rename it the nine lives of Ali. <laughs> I remembered I was telling my girlfriend this. I remember this instance where I um another mini tale of Pakistan when I had to get my driver's license. I didn't get shot, but um so basically you have to do like a lot of things to get a driver's license officially, like an eye test, blah blah blah, whatever. And so I had a hookup who took me there and was supposed to get me a license hassle-free nothing because he was a well-connected guy turns out he wasn't a well-connected guy he was just a drunk so i got a big scolding from the license officer until he said i can still get it done you just have to give me money so i have to give him a 20 dollar bribe i remember that one. Oh yeah that was also a fucked up day but boys first segment i'll start off easy because you guys are tired so Brisbane is hosting the Olympics in 2032. They uh, uh, seem uh, to be very excited by it. The rest of the country does not seem to give a shit. Ali, we mm-hmm. remember, remember we learned how to say that. I'm not standing for this Olympics business. It's, oh. Olymp- it's Olympics or bust. It's on, they're on now. You can't say it wrong. You're a racist man. <laughs> how is that racist? You can't say a word correctly. It's I'm not your them. word. It's a Greek word. I'm sure you're pronouncing it wrong too. What's the Greek word? I don't know. Olympia or some shit. Jordan, you know Rome. What is it? 
Yeah, it'd probably be Olympia. So you've been saying it wrong, Chechnyan warlord. Dude, he said Olympia. <laughs> That's like uh, Olympics, not Olympia. Well, you know, it's a different pronunciation in my part of the world. What do you? But, how do you say? But it's actually called Olympics in Pakistan. No, that's just the accent. What do you mean? It's Olympia, Ali. Greek word from Olympiakos. Olympia. How about the... Uh, well, that sounds Greek as it gets, doesn't it? Okay. Everything Ali, Ali. Say, it just sounds like they're saying cement, doesn't it? Ali, Ali, Ali. Yeah. I'll meet you in the middle. From Olympia or Olympus. Olympus. So I'll give you Olympus. How's that? I'm sure that's a camera brand. No, it says from yeah, Olympia. Yeah, it is, and it's also a god. Isn't it so sad that <laughs> the things that people, like, people that used to get, I don't know, dingo sacrificed to them. It would have probably kidnapped one from Australia just to bring it up. The, the rarest entities on earth, everything, just these massive temples devoted to them. And now they're named after, like, cameras, shoes. <laughs> they have, they, like, Apollo tiles. <laughs> Isn't that the saddest call? He used to be the god of medicine. Wait, was he the god of medicine? <laughs> what? Was he, wasn't he like the god of thunder or some shit? Probably. No, the god of thunder was Zeus. Oh, yeah. He was the main one. Maybe Apollo was the sun god too. Maybe oh. had a few okay, so he used to control medicine and the sun. <laughs> now he gives you, I guess, cheap-ish deals on tiles, but I think that you could probably find better. <laughs> Anyway, um, the important thing is, I forget. Olympus. Yeah, thank you, Bisla. <laughs> right, Olympus. So, Olymp- uh, Olympus. Olympus. What I want to know is when Sydney hosted the the Grand Games in mm. 2000, every person from Sydney that I have ever met has said that there was a different vibe, a different atmosphere when the when the games were happening. Mm-hmm. That's is that true. true or is that bullshit was that no, really that... the greatest time even remember rye <laughs> from <laughs> from a simple plant no uh... <laughs> rye from uh what from... called again he was saying <laughs> that the greatest time for sydney was the 2000 olympics he's right olympics you're killing Olymp- me yeah, olympics that was definitely building an entire suburb that still no one lives in that was (laughs) that was people live people live there a lot of a lot of asians live there stacked on top of each other the mash apartment blocks do they live there or is it isn't every building there collapsing (laughs) that's just sydney isn't it asians (laughs) living in buildings that collapse that's sydney that's sydney but why 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 does everyone say that was the greatest time for the city well, uh, I also I remember that uh, I was talking to this about Koreans who had the World Cup and they were saying the same thing, but it was even more so in Korea. But there's just something electric about having a world event staged at your city and it goes for two weeks straight. Mm. I can't really describe it, but I just remember I... Remember, like, all through, even, well, definitely now, but Sydney to me has always, and I'm native to Sydney, felt hostile. It was only that two Mm. weeks 
where there was kind of some form of community spirit. And even though it was a huge waste of money and produced nothing like the Olympics always does, I think everybody at the end of the day thought, worth it. Thanks for the memories. Mm -hmm. And you know what else actually really made the Sydney 2000 Olympics special? It was just Roy and HG's commentary on it. (laughs) It was so Australian. They got two comedians that pretend to be sports broadcasters and Channel 7 said, how about you actually just be sports broadcasters? pretty much. And they were hilarious. I agree. And I think that that really adds to the Sydney 2000 Olympics actually was done classily. I shudder to think what an Olympics would be like now in Australia. It would be way more cucky and way more corporate, but that was just tastefully done from start to finish. It was a really classy Olympics. And also birthed us a continual joke, the humour of which has lasted way longer than Roy and HG's entire career, which is, which is saying a lot because they are talented comedians, Nikki Webster. Yeah. She was flying high. You know who Nikki Webster is, Ali? Yeah, I do. Television personality. Well, there you go. But the only reason you know that is because she was just raised on a podium as this, this little, like, bug-eyed kid. Under the southern sky. Oh, so that's how she got big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The world's eyes was on her, and the whole thing that you were thinking the whole time is like, are you in the wrong place? Are you supposed to be shooting a Garnier Fructus commercial? Why are you (laughs) getting raised on a podium in front of the planet? Who are you? I love how she flew. What she flew because wires were new. Yeah, the wires. The wires, bro. So do you have high hopes for Brisbane 2032? Should we be excited or is it something just for them to be excited about? I'm excited. No, I don't have high hopes for Brisbane 32. I think that the whole thing will just be like, Australia, sorry we exist. We're just so racist. Uh, We're we're really bad people. All right, you you take it over. You take it over the rest of the world. Sorry, sorry. What? What are you talking about? I, I reckon there'll be like zero pride in the national identity at all. I think it'll just be like this massive long disclaimer about like how we're just such awful racist people. And then like, it'll just be like, okay, let the games begin. Is the, is the torch in? And uh, yeah. oh yeah, no, it accidentally just ran by some bushes. Okay, the whole country's on fire. Sorry. <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> oh shit. That was his mic drop moment. <laughs> I'm out of here. I, I'll disagree. I think that I'm very, very, very happy for Brisbane. I think Brisbane's the secret of Australia. It's paradise after Bali. No one's and, denying that. And frankly, you know, uh, it's time for them to have their renaissance. So they got a Labor government. You know, I like New Farm. Uh, their late night hot dog <laughs> places are better than our late night hot dog places. It's time for them to shine. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be. I think, I think be- you're missing something out as well, Miss Love. There seems to be more night owls there than there is in Sydney. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, true. yeah. And I'm, and I'm I like that. Possums too. And they're more nicer, conjecture. They're nicer people. They're very, um, they're like not, they're not beeps, you know? hotter yeah let's chuck that in there why not how many babes do you see in 
the Gold Coast and Brisbane. And let, look, let's just chuck it in there. Uh, Sunshine Coast, that's for our lead. There's so many 70-year-old women there. But... <laughs> 70 year old. Hey, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I've spent a little bit of time in Sunshine Coast and that's not true. What yeah. you do figure out is it, most people in Sunshine Coast are women. And a lot of them are young moms. And when I mean young, I mean really young. Mm. But still mm. moms. I think, honestly, Kevin Rudd got it right. He figured it out that the Sunshine Coast is called that for a reason. It's the best place on earth. And the fact that you are just saying that there's heaps of MILFs there only sweetens the deal. It like, does. It, it, it's got a great microclimate, apparently, as well, where it's a bit immune to micro uh to a bit more immune to climate change than everywhere else because it kind of just circulates in its own look i i i i'm too stupid to understand what kevin rudd was trying to understand like <laughs> that's the whole thing like 50 percent of the time when kevin rudd's talking i'm sitting there being like uh-huh uh-huh yes i did the itchy and jippy yeah <laughs> there's no there's no i did the mp like i'm just i'm too stupid to understand what he's saying but he was saying something smart as usual but there's nothing surprising about Kevin Rudd moving to Sunshine Coast. He's an aging man from Brisbane. Yep. Where, that's yeah. his destiny. <laughs> that's where everyone goes. Sunshine Coast. To, uh, that's, no, that's I'll tell you, I, he, he showed me his old uh, family home. Yeah. And I think it's even better than where he currently lives. And his house is baller and sick. But like... The place that he lived in before, that town was incredible. It was like if Byron Bay wasn't filled with cunts. How like the hell have Bay you seen his childhood home as well? <laughs> <laughs> How have you seen his childhood home as well? You seem to be more in uh, contact with him than Malcolm Turnbull, dare I say. <laughs> ah, mm. So much watch Man in the Mirror recently. <laughs> The uh, man in the review mirror. Uh, I, I, look, I don't talk to him that much, but like he's a very accommodating man. He, he'll, he's basically just like, oh, I know who you are. Well, you're basically a family member now. Here you go. Merry Christmas. It's a tractor. It's like, well, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this tractor, but uh, you figure that out later. All right, show you. Got a, got a, got a zip. Sorry. I'm just so like, he's, just, he, he's, a, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Seems like it. I will, speaking of climate change, have you guys saw um, the Great Barrier Reef? was enlisted as endangered uh, by UNESCO based on Fuck. the recent evaluations of different uh, climate organizations. And that became, that was going to become like a political kryptonite or a political, it was, it was not going to work well for the government, particularly because Queenslanders don't necessarily care a lot about climate change, but they love the reef. And so, mm. but what ended up happening was that the liberal government lobbied UNESCO and pulled all strings. Apparently, um, foreign minister visited different countries trying to like get it off of the list. And so what UNESCO now has done is that they've kept it off the list, but they've given Australia one year where they'll come, like their team would come and evaluate or whatever. But right. Every expert is saying that lobbying might have helped you keep it off the endangered list, but it doesn't really change the facts. Yeah, exactly. Great like, who cares if it's on the endangered list or not? Everyone knows that it's screwed, right? But what I wanted to know, right. Gordon, was I think you might know a little bit more about this. 
Why is it screwed? Is it just climate change? What's actually causing the Great Barrier Reef to die? No, 60% of it is runoff. And that's something that you can, sorry, 40% of it is runoff. 60% of it is climate change. So when you mean runoff, what do you mean? Like the uh, uh, the waste from all the mining companies, all the industrial areas flows into the reef? Agriculture. Agriculture. Uh, what happened is, especially under the Newman government, but also, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things of labor stopped it, but it's going to take years for it to be regenerated. I think greening australia is doing really good work with it at the moment but pretty much they're just trying to reintroduce mangroves because mangroves act as a filtration system of sucking up all the nutrients that farms run off into the ocean because if they just run off into the ocean it destroys the water quality mm. but who'd have guessed that someone that is obsessed with aquariums knows a lot about <laughs> water quality in the rock. But, no, but i think it's good because it is remarkable like I'm no Queenslander, but I would do anything to protect that reef. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. Even Obama would. It's kind of the world's reef. Mm. I but, want to eat a clownfish. But so you're saying that it, it's all the agriculture <laughs> runoff as opposed to climate change. What? Wait, I missed your Alec, Alec, look, you're asking important questions, but you just let slip that Miss Love said, I want to eat a clownfish. <laughs> I'm sick of them holding down, holding me down. Like, I, I want to see if they're tasty or not. It's bullshit. <laughs> I'm a Croatian man. Biz, Biz, does this, yeah, as a Croatian man, surely this uh, tickles your boat a little more. Mm -hmm. Would you rather eat just a regular clownfish or a tomato clownfish? Let's be real tomato. Because I thought as much. It's a stupid question. It's a stupid question. It's a stupid question. What's next? You're going to ask if you want salt with it? But miss, cool. I don't think clownfish would taste good. I think they taste kind of shit. Probably would. But I just, you know, they can spare one. <laughs> you can spare one. It's just Nemo. to test it out. One little Nemo. <sighs> what are you going to do? You got to fry and batter it and yeah, how are you going to cook Wait, it? You know what? If somebody does I, I should a marine tank, and I'm sure there would be, judging from our audience, I'm sure there's quite a few aquarium enthusiasts in it. Yeah, if 90%. you do have a clownfish that dies, don't flush it down the toilet. Mail it to our PO box. We've we got to see, <laughs> got to see if it, You know what? They could be poisonous because they... Really? Well, I don't know, but they're the only fish that could withstand stings from an enemy. So I'm, maybe they've just got like engine coolant running through them naturally or don't, something. Don't mention an enemies. I'll make an enemy salad. Okay, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> clownfish, even though clownfish are edible, it is highly advised that people don't <laughs> eat them because they're slimy substance on their skin. Well, highly advised doesn't mean... Uh, you can't. I'll take that into <laughs> account. Well, if you're such a divide, you as my lawyer, you figure out all the loopholes. <laughs> Their tentacles are also poisonous. <laughs> tentacles? tentacles? Oh, no, you're talking about anemones, Ali, not clownfish. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I am talking about clownfish, but I, that tentacle bit was for an... Yeah. For anemones. Yeah. 
Hey, you're I don't... still not supposed to eat them. It's not advisable to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't want to make an enemy out of an, an enemy. Nevertheless, <laughs> I don't want to. I want to stop clowning around and <laughs> in my belly. All right. Well, I'm. I'm. That's the worst takeaway you could take from the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> 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 like you wanna... That's your opinion, Ale. <laughs> Look. <laughs> That's a very, Don't a very, that bias of a very, very close-minded of you, Ali. <laughs> very close-minded. Of you. Okay, but George, uh, I still do want to know because I am curious: is climate change affecting it at all, or is it just the run? Oh yeah, no, sixty percent of reef bleaching or well, or reef uh, death. When we're talking about coral, sixty percent of that is because of climate change and bleaching. That is not going away. But the thing is that if you had a Labor government in, just saying. This would be the difference. Don't you think that this is the saddest? This is the saddest. Um, this is the saddest little anecdote I've ever heard. I reckon, but it really explains the difference between the Labor and Liberal governments and their styles, if you can call it that. Uh, my lawyer <clears throat> was talking to someone who uh, used to be a professor who was working on really complicated algorithms to figure out when corals spawned and how to track the coral spawn so they could scoop some up and put those coral pieces into the reef as the reef slowly moves down south, like I suppose a really slow motion cane toad because it's getting warmer down in the south. So they're trying to just salvage the reef, right? There's a lot of researchers that were getting paid under the Labor Party to do things like that. Very complicated algorithms. Obviously, when the liberals came in, they gutted science entirely, uh, but they did start spending a lot on spying on you and surveillance and cybersecurity. And that's where all the eggheads are moving. And a really good example of that is when that guy was fired, some spook tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, you know how you were using, developing this software that was tracking where coral spawn was going, maybe you can come work for us and use that same technology to track thoughts online. Whoa. What? What a transferable yeah. skill that is. Transferable skill, but isn't that the best example you could ever give of the difference between a Labor and Liberal government? Instead of your money going towards protecting what you love, which is the Great Barrier Reef, it's going towards spying on you and making sure that you have the thoughts that the government wants you to have. What the so hell? Spying on you and mind control. That's the difference. I can't eat the clown fish the reef, not there. Spying on you and mind control. Huh? Alex Jones is already on I the I said floor. I can't eat the clown fish if they're not there. Well, that will always be a Forget the clownfish. Such bullshit. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even tasty. Hey, now who's being naive? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of why how uh, Labor Party would have been better, I'm going to play BBC Heart Talk here. The Labour Party has done a policy change on tax cuts and negative gearing. Well, I'll, I'll just basically run through the policy change. So after the last elections, this time around, Labour Party has looked at two things. One of them was 
the three-stage tax cuts that the liberal government had promised and they're saying that they're going to stick by the stage three tax cuts even though initially they said that people that are earning over $180,000 would not get tax cuts but now they've come around to it and would be would not be challenging that and the other was that they've uh, abandoned negative gearing so they'll maintain the status quo on both of these things what do you guys what do you guys think about right. this i think i think the negative gearing move smart what was the first one the other uh, one so taxing or uh, giving tax cuts to people earning over $180,000 a year which the, which the, which in in defense like it's not their policy it was a promised policy of the liberal government which they're not going to challenge if, if they come into power dude the, we talked about this before the zeitgeist is moving more and more towards favorable corporatism albo is smart and knows how to knock back a bee he knows that unions are out and uh, to be not as tough on on a on business so he's moving a little bit to the center bus move but is it though yes that's what my two cents ali don't you reckon this is the liberal party's version of how they couldn't knock medicare so they reluctantly just stick by it and you know when medicare is put into the hands of the liberals they'll privatize all the behind the scenes stuff and make it less effective and shit anyway don't you think that this is the labor party's version of that that they're like okay look we can't get into power if we get rid of negative gearing and we don't give the wealthy their tax cuts so we'll just give that to them it's one of those uncomfortable negotiations that these major parties need to have in order to get into power yeah, I was reading that um, Labor Party did an assessment on how much they could earn from changing that stage three tax thing uh, or how much they would lose. And they came to the conclusion that the revenue generated from not giving those tax cuts is not worth the political cost. So they can meet that somewhere else. Yeah, that's the whole thing is like, look... There are many, many ways to reform the tax system that at the end of the day, give us more money in the coffers. That was just one way. Mm. I really think that, look, it's a, it's a very imperfect system. And if you are versing a extremely powerful, extremely concentrated elite that are saying, these are our minimum requirements that if you want to get into power, you have to meet them, meet them. Why not? What do you think, Ali? No, I think electorally it makes a lot of sense. Well, particularly because like the, the the position that is not in favor of these was uh, didn't win with Bill Shorten. So obviously it would be insanity to keep doing something over and over again to expecting a different result. But the point... And you know what else as well? I've I've talked to Bill about this and he said... Uh, if I could do my time again, those are like some of the things that I just would have been fucking hush hush about before the election. I just, or, or like just would have reformed them or whatever. Like he would have sat there and reviewed it back. He said that that really started to bleed. It was very easy to turn those into scare campaigns about housing taxes. Mm. And uh, apparently, um, part of the reason why they've done this is because that there's um, 
there's uh, news on the street that the Liberal Party's plan for election campaign, the election campaign was that uh, the whole COVID and all of that vaccination stuff they've bungled. So they want to make they wanted to make a big deal about these tax cuts. They wanted to make the election about these tax cuts, and um, basically, Labour Party is just not giving them that ammunition. Yeah, no oxygen at all. That's such a beautiful tactic in this environment, isn't it? And smart. I think it's smart. It's so good. Like Albanese has done the exact opposite tactic of Bill Shorten, which is to just shut up, make the entire focus on the government. Mm. And then the government all of a sudden is both the government and the opposition. And it has to constantly fight with itself in terms of the messaging. And it's just the Labor Party just sits back, watches the current move in. They're going to squeak through, I think. I think yeah. even yeah. in this yeah. environment, uh, even with the media bias, it's so close. These elections, it's like what you were saying maybe half a year ago, Ali, that most elections now, uh, you're really fighting over a few percentile. So there's never going to be an election. Well, uh, let's not say never, but it's a lot more, unlo- it's a lot less likely that there's going to be those huge blowouts where someone has 100 seats and the other party has 50. It's always just going to be like 77 versus 78. Yeah, it's always really close and always comes down to like those super marginal seats. Unless you've got a character like Trump that basically um, just completely turns the entire political table around. If you're going to get like normal status quo liberal uh, candidate and normal status quo labor candidate, then the difference is always really, really marginal. Like Malcolm Turnbull, the election that he won was so close and Scott Morrison's victory over Bill Shorten is touted as this amazing victory. It was amazing because he was supposed to lose, but it's not because he won by a huge margin. So it's always, I don't know why it is. It's always like we now live in a world where like most political, most countries have extremely divided voting bases. Even in the US, where it's normal now for the race to get really close. Back in the day, you if, if Reagan won, he won most states. Or like the further back you go, which, whichever candidate won the elections usually won an overwhelming majority of states. So you either sided with Democrats or Republicans. But now it's always like, it's always razor thin. That's because nobody, in fact, I've, I've got something change about how I perceive media bias now because it's not yes the old model was that you had five channels and so you just needed to get five executives maximum on side and then you'd have just one message to the public and then you'd get those huge blowouts but I think now because of social media everybody's just in their own little bubbles and so now the game is to try and pick out where those bubbles are and influence what those people are thinking and so you're not going to be able to do that as effectively as you could back in the 80s. There's too many channels and avenues of information, too many uncontrollable elements and variations of it. And I think that that's why you're seeing that narrowing. And also you're seeing that the minor, the major parties are losing votes. Yeah. But I think it's smart too, because like, 
those issues are such non-issues. Who gives a fuck about negative gearing? If you can, if you can push. Dude, a lot of mass- people give a fuck about negative gearing. Yeah, but what's more important, negative gearing or the fucking Great Barrier Reef? Exactly. You He's got you fuck? there, Ali. No, and, you know what's and then fuck? we then we can eat the clownfish. Uh, Great yes. Barrier Reef would lose votes, but negative gearing would lose more votes. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. So they're being tactically, it's it's a good move. Yeah, I think it's a good move unless you're a principled person and believe in policy should always be what you truly believe. Uh, Bullshit. People are dickheads, aren't they? It's the it's such a stupid (laughs) argument. It's spinning out the comments. Imperfect dickheads that sit there. And first off, like if you look at it, it's just like you're never so great, are you? You look at these people that are always saying that, like, you lost your way because of blah, 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 like accusing politicians of that kind of stuff. And then you look at their grasp on policy and it's like, what do you know? And it's like, um, vote yes. <laughs> they don't really have a great... These, these moral warriors never really even understand the policies that they're so outraged by to begin with. Yeah. I think that anybody that's even remotely educated understands that, yeah, it's a give and take. <laughs> Talking about moral warriors, Greens dubbed this move by Labour Party of uh, here we as go. one of the cowards. I think I'm paraphrasing here, but one of the greatest betrayals of Australian history. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, right, right. Right up there with Robert Benzie's selling iron to the Japanese. Yeah. Party. <clears throat> yeah. Dubbing a policy that would guarantee that they'd stay in opposition forever. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's just perfect green. The the whole point of that, again, is just an electoral strategy. They've just sensed an opportunity to cast up some of the Labor vote, and that's what they're doing there. And it's very, very, to use something that Greens voters always say, disappointing. Um, It's thinning out the commies from Labor. It's great. mm, Well, yeah, I suppose you're right. Fuck them, you don't need them. What you do need is a bunch of people that are sitting around in Sydney's West just being like, why the fuck are there so many duplexes? Well, Rudd seems like a legend. He knows handball. I think that works. That's okay, isn't it? That works. Yeah. All right. um... Yes, it does. Oh, Ali. Mm -hmm. I'm going to run by an idea that I have, and I'd like to know everybody's opinion about it. And I just want to see how popular this idea is. But I've been thinking of contacting ARC, Animal Rescue Collective, because I just saw... Oh, the dog thing. The dog thing. Yeah. What? The dog thing? What? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Can you describe what the dog thing is in your words? I want to see what you grasp from... When you watched that video, what happened? It was very sweet and uh, very sad. Some crazy lady in Brazil herds a bunch of dogs onto a crazy dog farm, basically. Right? I was hoping for there to be a little more poetry in it, but (laughs) make it as bare as your room. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was some some Brazilian lady on a dog farm. It was it's very sweet. She rescues dogs. Jordan, you'll you should explain it. It it was I'll tell you what I think about it, but you should explain it. It was it was very it was it was very heartfelt and sweet, and it was like well, it was dogs on it death. It was Costa Rica, and she had this. No, it was very nice. She got this land uh, from inherited from her dad, 
And so she just fenced it off and made a dog sanctuary where they have a thousand dogs that they picked up off the streets of Costa Rica and dogs that were going to get euthanized. And then they just feed them and let them run around and like, yeah, they're dirty, but they're obviously really happy because there's a thousand of them just running around all day. Um, Some of them even get picked up and get new homes. I think it's 10 a week at the moment. And so then they just replace that with more dogs. And I was just thinking, my God, why not here? I reckon that you could kill so many birds with one stone and ironically kill zero dogs in the process. You would be able to buy a piece of land very cheaply just outside of a major city, I reckon. You get volunteers and animal rescue collective to run it just like she did. Um, you fence it off, maybe just a hundred acres or something like that. You fence it off, you build the world's biggest kennel. And then <laughs> I was thinking about it, huge food wastage problem in Australia. Dogs are scavengers. Like, yeah, you you get marketed all this stuff of like only Scottish terriers can eat that, only the finest dine or whatever the fuck is called at Coles. But you do realize that they are pretty much just mother nature's garbage bin. (laughs) I think that if you actually do hang around a dog for a while, you realize, fuck, they'll eat virtually anything. (laughs) Um, But you know what, Jordan? We don't have as many stray dogs as fucking Costa Rica. It's not about stray dogs. I don't want the stray dogs. I want the dogs that are about to get the needle. Those are the ones that I want to go to that little. I don't think that I would be. I don't think the numbers are that high. No, that's like 250,000 a year. Oh, really? Yeah, massive. Shit, okay, I didn't There's know that. dogs that get euthanized. And I think that, yeah, okay, some of them will be like scary pit bulls that'll just rip any dog apart. And, you know, oh, like, you go, Lassie, bye. <laughs> like, like Zeus. <laughs> like my dog. And, um, but I think that there would be a lot of dogs that are completely human safe, completely dog safe, and they're just getting killed for nothing, through no fault of their own. Chuck them in a farm where they probably won't have any baths. You just put like a giant dam, which can be a huge dog bowl for them. You Mm. chuck garbage at them. They eat the garbage. You can then pick it up and compost the dog. It's not the best compost, but it's not the worst. Really, I think the way you think about it is just a, a huge worm farm. Yeah, I, mean, I would see it as. And uh, then you just have a bunch of volunteers, which I assume are uh, just um, f- former lesbian prisoners being like, <laughs> trying to do good in society. That just so, so it doesn't make, make the like, land... Hey, mate, you're nice and clean now. So uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't make the land toxic, the dog shit? No, not if you compost it. Ah, okay. And then it turns into nutrient-rich substances. It's not the best. Like, obviously, worms are better, but Mm. worms aren't cute. This is the whole point. I think that if you did that, you would be able to get Animal Rescue Collective's name on the map as creating the first dog sanctuary. It's so famous. It goes mega viral, the one in Costa Rica, and people travel from around the world just to walk in it. So you'd Dang. be giving them this permanent true. It'd be like a tar that's true movement for them, which they do extremely yeah. valuable work of like making sure that native animals don't starve. So you're just constantly keeping their name in there. You're saving a bunch of dogs that would otherwise die. Um, you know, you're giving ex-con something to do. You might have convinced me, and, bro. You might and have convinced- most importantly, 
you please Allah. Why? Is that you? Well, no, it's a good thing. So you it, get good. But hey. doesn't Allah hate dogs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I think he does hate dogs. <laughs> that's uh, that's not accurate. <laughs> Let's just say. Is, but is it is it Muslims that hate dogs or Allah that hates them? <laughs> One in this same. A ideological group of Muslims. There's like you know how there's uh, I, they're not sex, but they. They are, um, there's about four different ideological groups that form most of Muslim thought. One of them, who is one of the, do- one of the most dominating ideological groups, hates them. Like the, um, the ideological group that is prevalent in Southeast Asia, like Malaysia, Indonesia, don't like dogs. Like, I'm sure there's people that like them, but it's not like a, it's not like a, it's not one of our commandments that, you know, hate dogs. Well, I really thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was commandment of, number one. Dog. What, is, dogs. what is true is like for a lot of people in that part of the world, they don't consider dogs as um, indoor pets. They're usually outdoor or guard dogs or herding dogs. But either way, there's no commandment to like be mean to them or anything. <laughs> <laughs> all right so it's not an islamic thing it's a muslim thing yeah it's it's some some muslim thing but it's a it's a big it's a big it's a big group of people so i'm not yeah. discounting it i would actually go further now that i think about it i think being mean to dogs is a third world thing <laughs> yeah that is also true it's just it's yeah. not even like being mean to dogs anything that you perceived as having inferior social stature than you you want to be mean towards it you should watch it it was very sad but jordan it is a good idea i just don't know like what the numbers of those dogs are in what circumstances a lot of them get put down if it's just that whatever the pet owner is like i don't want to take care of this dog then it makes sense but if it's like this dog has cancer and is going to die then what's the point no, yeah. they look, the, the weak and the aggressive need to get the needle because there's no way you'll be saving 250,000 dogs a year. Wait, what did you say? The weak and the aggressive? Yes. What do you mean weak? Like the ones that are just like, it's got cancer. It can't oh, okay, okay. I don't it, think, it yeah. can't poo properly. It's just like, well, you had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the image. That was just the Simpsons thing of the needle in the like fucking... This is gonna hurt. Like, ow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had a good run. I love how, like, on one hand, you can be so caring and being like, I'll adopt a million dogs. Then one's like, You chihuahua. <laughs> no, the image is scary. <laughs> I told you. It is. Oh. Uh, look, people don't have no opinion about your plan. People are talking about dogs and religions. Uh, for well, Christ's sake, can you guys focus on the main game? You're not Ali. You <laughs> track here. You go back and you tell me if that's a good idea and if you'd put money to it. Because I honestly think that we could raise a million for it. There'd be so many, there'd be so many dumb insta chicks who are like, yay, that wouldn't give a fuck about native animals. But I think it'd have an off benefit as well of assisting native animals in the long run. And I think that it's just a good way of fixing a, a an error 
in our society. How about I make yeah. a how about I make a addition to this plan? The plan sounds good, except that when you've got them collected, you export them to Asia. What? So they just mill around in Bangkok. No, that's, that's just what Asia needs. More. <laughs> no, not not Bangkok, but maybe Vietnam. Dang. Making Holy hell! That's the most Mister Burns idea. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> just turning it literally into a dog farm. Vietnamese need dogs. What's the problem? Oh, dude, people are getting mad at me in the comments. I am kidding. I don't actually. Yeah, I don't think that that's Ali's actual opinion. <laughs> dog park. Hey, the and middle again, and connection said dog park in Lithgow. I, I think there's enough dogs in Lithgow. I think there's enough dogs everywhere. That's the problem. But That's you need problem, to just ship yeah. them into a little camp. Or there's another way of looking at it. There's not enough dogs anywhere. Why? Because like they're fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I think that that would be. That seems like. Don't you think that if you set up a dog farm, Disneyland would have to rescind its slogan of the happiest place on earth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. uh, it doesn't matter how many Avatar billion dollar rides you have. I really don't think it would be anywhere near as joyous as a thousand dogs coming up and sniffing your nuts. Having you know, said like that, that really, huh? Having said this, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but here's a controversial opinion. I read this. I'm going to forward it to you guys just so you don't, you don't think I'm making it up. But I read an article on conversation. I think where they did um, it wasn't an Australian one, but they did a um, it was like a, a research article about um, desexing dogs. And here's the thing. Hear me out. So they use Australia as an example in that in that uh, article saying that Australia is one of the only places that has almost made desexing mandatory at a very young age for puppies mm. i think it's like six months or something even less than that they can even do it at a few weeks now or they off they do it and this article was saying that that is possibly they don't know 100 but they're saying that's possibly not a great idea because with your hormones you get certain like um if if you get desex too early as a puppy then you might constantly be afraid of things and uh, who's desexing it at a couple of weeks? Not a couple of weeks. Uh, they sex them at a year, don't they? No, they yeah. do it at like six weeks now. That you can, like, I recently got a dog. They said that by latest it should be six months. That's what I was really? told. No, that's stupid. You wait until they're a dog. You don't wait until they're a puppy. That's that's what the article was also saying. That. What a fucking idiot! Like. <laughs> But that's not the recommended either. thing in Australia. A recommended huh? thing in Australia is get them desexed as early as possible. Well, that just goes against common sense. Common sense. <laughs> it's not as controversial as I initially thought it was. No, of course not. That's it's like, look, I think that you would probably have a better developed body. If you were castrated as opposed to a eunuch, 
castrated. What do you mean? We, we know that this happens, right? Like if you castrate a boy at 12, didn't they used to do that in Italy so that they'd have a high-pitched voice for the rest of their life if they were going to be in a choir? I think they did, yeah. And, that, and fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sacrifices need to be made. <laughs> All right, well... Yeah, the article was saying that if you do it at a later age, the risk is is uh, minimized. Yeah, I swear that that's what you do, honestly. It's, you just go around to all of those pounds that need to kill all of those dogs because they don't have enough cages. And you say, hey, instead of giving him the needle, give him a needle, cut his nuts off, chuck him in this van, and then you just drive him two hours out of Sydney and run, boy, you're free now. <laughs> that's a great... It's not a bad idea. I, I, right, it's not. Sounds, it's not. Sounds and you reckon like just garbage dogs eating garbage? That it's, should be the slogan. I, I low key just want to walk around with the thousand dogs, just like. Eh, eh. I think Slow everyone motion. would. I think everyone would. I think that that would like cure cancer. And also, if they're in big enough numbers in a confined space, regenerate forests. What? Why? Hey, isn't that your thing, Jordan? Remember how you said that you've got a mimic? No, no, that's cows. And they wouldn't regenerate the forest. They just make the grass greener. But yeah, well, still, win-win. Yeah, win-win. But I do just think that that's the way to think about dogs is that they are just big compost bins themselves that uh, ironically make shit compost. But it's still compost. <laughs> Having said that, my brother recently said to me, he was like, hey, man. You know we've got Ruby now. Why don't we get a female dog too? And maybe we should start selling dogs. And I was like, Do you realize how? Do you realize how illegal that is? And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, there's like a whole thing about backyard breeding not being right. And he's like, oh, I thought I had a good idea. <laughs> and wasn't your dog a backyard breed to begin with? Uh, close, but not exactly. It wasn't it's not like a, backyard, a lucrative business, but it was move. questionable circumstances. Yeah, I've never really seen anybody that lives in a mansion and breeds dogs. No, it's not like some woman like that has Musk. poodle hair making poodle. In some <laughs> Elon team. Musk, uh, the Virgin guy, Richard Branson, uh, and then paws. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... Hey, uh, this poor fellow. Gelroy has been asking these questions like periodically every two seconds. I think it's only fair that we ask Jordan. Go on, Gel. What have you got for me, buddy? He says, what are your thoughts about Gaddafi and Castro? And and then two, Gaddafi's female bodyguards. Would you? Yes or no? I'm guessing by that question, yes. But I've never seen them. Yeah, I'm going to say yes to have oh, You're going to have to say yes. I mean, obviously, Gaddafi is going to have some smoking bodyguards. Hey, if he's so stupid, why is he dead? Is my question. Yeah, you know what, Ali? With all of your knowledge of what's going on around the world, you can't explain that. <laughs> can't explain that. Can't explain that. Sun goes up. Sun goes down. Can't explain, can't explain that. that. <laughs> oh, I'm kind oh, of hankering. I'm kind of hankering for a, one of Friendly Jimmy's patented uh, impersonations, either Bill or Rush. Are you feeling any of them? I don't. No pressure. I'm not going to pressure you, but uh, look, I'm kind of feeling one. 
All right. So this is something that the rest of the media won't touch. touch it. They won't talk about the fact that our president, yours and mine, has cognitive decline. <laughs> now, that's very different, very different thing to somebody who is disabled in the brain. But he's getting there. And that's tonight's talking points. Followed by, of course, is Madonna's tit still turkey? We'll be going into part 87 of that. <laughs> with our star producer, whatever his name is, the guy that is on the five now. <laughs> and the word of the day is perspicacious. Do not be perspicacious when writing into the factor. BillOReilly.com, BillOReilly.com. Okay, up next is Hannity. Hi, I'm Greta Van Shustren with the word. Like, it's so good because, like, in Australia, you'd always just be like, okay, and now we're going to Hannity. But because it was on a different time loop, it was just the rerun at 2 a.m. And then they just have a different time slot, so they'd never go to Hannity. (laughs) Poor Hannity. Oh yeah, my I, I god! Really, like I, I love Tucker Carlson, but I also love O'Reilly. It's so good. It really breaks my heart that that man doesn't have uh, huge American flags waving behind him anymore. With an introduction that had heaps of power slide guitar. Do you remember the last incarnation of the O'Reilly Factor theme? Uh, the last incarnation. This is going to sound like shit, but I don't care. Like we are, we are playing the. Play it. Play it. Beautiful. Play it. Pull it up. Hey Jordan, have you heard of Thomas Playford in South Australia? No. Well, that's the end of that chapter. Here it is. All right, here we go. All right, dude, the the guitar. Uh, who made it? Santana? <laughs> I can't hear it. Hey, before before you guys before you start playing this, um, the I'm talking to the audience now. In the comments section, I'm posting a link. Can you do this survey? It will help. Uh, and only only you can only do it if you're a man. Are you fucking do? Are you pew polling for the government? What are you doing? No, it's just my girlfriend, uh, sister. She's like, I really need something for this uh, thing. So, like, if you're a man, then uh, do this survey. Also, I can't fucking post it for some reason. But anyway, Jordan, continue. Fail that. Go and follow Forest Hall's YouTube page. You sh- page. You schlubs. You ungrateful people. No, no. Go look up Bill O'Reilly opening theme, Spring 2013 for oh, some guitar. Is right? it not fair? Okay, I can't deny that. Fuck. Well, so did you write that, Miss Love? Maybe. And there's room for improvement. Hey, I said maybe. Well, in the uh, hypothetical scenario that you didn't write it, room for improvement. However, if you did write it, well done, Miss Love. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's so good. You can't hear it? Nah. Oh, wait. A little bit. Well, uh, I probably shouldn't waste a thousand people's time <laughs> with audio checks. Uh, it wouldn't, I do wouldn't. enough of that at my live shows that you can also pay for. However, you can also pay for the Friendly Jimmy's podcast. Yes, on Patreon, which 
is a very left-leaning organization, but in fact, I would Stop it. We don't want to get kicked out of platforms. Oh, oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> Joking! Fuck. Anyways, you couldn't play that. Okay, well, we're almost running out of time. So, yeah. one of these segments, choose one. Uh, G20 or China? I reckon <laughs> China is more interesting, but I'll let you make that decision. Yeah, both, no, nothing controversial, eh, Ali? Nice. No, nothing controversial. Yeah, just do G20. We can't talk about it at the moment. What are you saying? Christ, now I know how the ABC feels. Jesus. No, it's good. I, I say it's boring. It's just this constant thing. Like, oh my God, no, we can't. That's problematic. Oh no, what, what if the government cuts our funding? Good, good. Cut it into the fucking ground. Oh, well, it was about China's Hakou system being dismantled. Anyway. Yeah, do it then. Go on. Hot coal. Hot coal. So, Mr. Hakou's system is that when you're born in China, mm-hmm. You, you know, one of the things that they note and it stays with you since birth is where you were born. So yeah. if you were born in an urban area in the cities, you'll have a urban hakau and if you or haku, however you pronounce it, or if yeah. you're born in like a rural area, then you've got a rural haku. Now, if it's basically it was it's been it's been practiced for thousands of years in China. But this particular policy was brought in by Mao. And what that basically meant was that if you are from the agricultural or rural area in China, then you need to stay there. And if you are from the urban areas, then you need to stay in the urban areas. Right. One of the things that happened was that it actually kind of benefited their economic model. Because if you are from a rural Hakao, uh, then even if you work in the city, in like one of the uh, eastern coastal cities you can't access social services you can't access retirement age pensions so it's basically assumed that they're not really it, it's like a temporary residence in australia so mm. you can work here but you don't get a lot of the citizenry benefits and right. this worked fine because the urban centers were basically just these massive industrial hubs that required uh, labor and cheap labor so people from uh, agricultural or rural areas would move as workers in urban big cities and they would provide cheap labor to fuel the industrial chi- to fuel industrial china and china would export all of their stuff that we bought and that's how they got rich so it worked fine but now china is moving away from that cheap export model to like a domestic consumption model so there are now plans of getting rid of the Hakao system, which is a huge deal for China because most of the social structures are based around this model. It's really entrenched into the Chinese political system. And no Chinese power ever in its history has been able to keep control by dismantling this Hakao system. Because what they argued was that their biggest concern was when people move from one area to the other, either because of famine or because of uh, whatever, low employment rate, they're more susceptible to creating political instability and revolutions. Huh? Cow? Could they get rid of that? Um, Well, they're going to have, they're saying that they don't know exactly how they're going to do it but they want to slowly get rid of it in phases. 
which is creating this this might be one of the big issues for china aside from an aging population so keep an eye on this uh, i like the idea that they're just keeping peasants on the farms <laughs> i'd hate the idea of being kept in a city that would be just a nightmare yeah it would be a nightmare yeah but um, it's literally imagine living and dying in a city and never seeing a tree fuck dude but you do have uh, like, I, uh... I had your job a long time ago i was good at it yeah yeah and then i suppose the ancient world of that version say in athens or something is just the same yeah. thing, bow and arrow. Look, China's up to a lot of, uh, they got a lot of plans, these Chinese, don't they? They do have a lot of plans, but don't you reckon that that, look, I honestly think that that would have benefited everybody in the rural communities because it would have kept investment in there, but also you're not missing out on anything. Don't try your luck in the big smoke. I'll tell you what's way yeah. better than being a Chinese pop star singing about uh, good harvest yields. Selling the <laughs> harvests. It's a way better life. No, so, social so- indicators for people in rural areas is much worse. And uh, it's almost by design. Huh? Well, look, if you live in the rural areas, you're thinking of like living on a farm. And I guess you live on a farm, but like, you don't have adequate. I'm still thinking about the dog farm, to be honest. But yeah, go <laughs> yeah. Well, look, we'll have to see, but it's not working for them anymore. So they're changing it anyways. Uh, but it's like, it's almost like having second class citizens. It's, it's almost exactly like having a bunch of non-citizens working in Australia to serve wait, wait. the Australian economy. But Ali, you're saying that they have a worse quality of life in the regions than they do in the city. Yes, apparently. I mean, it depends on how you judge quality, but if you mean in terms of retirement pensions and stuff, then yes. How the hell can you have a worse quality of life if you live in an overcrowded smoking room at an airport? Well, one of those crowded places is a hospital, which is high tech. I suppose that would be like, but uh, you know, I, I, I know a lot of hippies, so I hear good things about traditional Chinese medicine. But maybe they're right. Maybe maybe Western medicine might be better. Like, I suppose, okay, look. So you're just saying that if you have access to hospitals, that is better than having, you know what? No, nah, I'd still take it. I would take living out in the farms over having access to a hospital. I reckon that if mm. you broke your leg out there, you'd just be looking up in the sky yelling, help, help, help. And then after a while you think, oh, well, you know what? This isn't too bad. And then just... <laughs> <laughs> no you'd tie it up with some bamboo and then there'd be a montage and you'd be fine yeah they need those uh what's that thing in australia <laughs> the flying doctors association or whatever that flies airplanes to rural communities in when they get heart attacks yeah yeah, yeah i think they need that and then oh, right. did you say they don't have that <laughs> <laughs> but this is a well, so it's only because of hospitals no, not just hospitals, but you're not able to access social security. I mean, you are able to access some form of social security, but the social security benefits in uh, coastal areas are much better than they are in rural areas. Mm-hmm. And um, they've just sort of kept this divide on purpose 
but now now it's not serving them anymore but it's a very tricky situation so i know it sounds kind of uh basic but this could really really affect um politics in china so we'll see how that goes but while we're so what are the implications though are they are they essentially saying they're reversing that is that the case they're not reversing it but they're basically creating more incentives for uh people in urban areas to move to rural areas because at the moment it's there's smart. only incentives for rural areas to move to urban areas as factory workers and even if you have to live there on a permit um then you do it because the money's better so, so they're want- just forcing people from the city to go to the country not vice versa yeah dude that's the smartest shit ever they should do that in australia if half the cunts from newtown were forced to live in lithgow for a year it would do a lot of good for a lot of people well you did that did it that's do just you good yes absolutely so that was your cultural revolution correct <laughs> mini cultural revolution no it's the opposite of a culture you need a cultural de-evolution people have too much culture they need to remember what it's like to dig a ditch and eat fairy bread well well said like sounds like a plan do you reckon should we we could either end it or i could quickly go through the g20 thing as well I'm easy. Whatever you guys want. We're going to do the Uplay podcast, don't we, Ali? Yeah, we do have to do the Uplay podcast. All right, I guess we'll talk about G20 obstacles that, in the Uplay one. Basically, yeah, that that can be. Hey, if you guys, yeah, that's how, that's if you want to hear that, you know where to go. Friendly Jimmy's <laughs> We're going to I was going to say. I was going to say, bloody um, if uh, uh, what you said, you guys want to hear the dirt. On G20, such as what is the G20, that kind of vein? No, no, no. This, this is going to be really interesting stuff for the G20. It includes corporate tax uniformity. It includes uh, digital service taxation. So all, uh, all the good interesting points that you can yes. We're trying to get people to back, sign up. Enough in this podcast. We have... <laughs> because it's too much we're too much corporate tax chat is barely enough you know where to go friendly jimmy's podcast become a member well thank you guys sign up sign up we need you we love you (laughs) we'll see you guys next week and become a patron in these tough times it will help we might even talk about like, I mean, again. I'm sorry. This is an old joke now. It's because it's beyond a joke. But look at Miss Love's environment and tell me that that man doesn't need Patreon dollars. Help me. <laughs> look, it's a it's a World Vision ad. Hey, Vic. With please. your contributions, you can educate Miss Love on why he shouldn't eat clownfish. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Hey, Jordan. Jordan. Before we sign out, it, to show the message, to show everyone that you're serious, inform the good people what I had for dinner the other night. Oh, Ali, have you heard about this? No. This is what I like to call a new segment that I've got, which is, wow, that is a new low. The other day for dinner, <laughs> it's he had a liter of beer. No. It was a beer. A beer. He had a beer and a kilo of sauerkraut. That's it. 
That was my dad. That is too German for the German. <laughs> is that is they that at least have a sausage with it? Is that eating the rainbow, Miss Love? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. It, yeah, it's eating the brown side of the rainbow. <laughs> the, the beige part. Everyone's you know. favorite color. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next week. Sign up to Friendly Geordie's podcast Patreon if you want to support us. And um, yeah. We love you all. Hope you're all doing well in COVID and, you know, keep exercising your mind and your body and we'll all be fine. Namaste. Bye again. See you guys. Baby, I'm saying never